My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Today we celebrate the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. It's also the birthday and the feast day of Aunt Carmen, the sister of Saint Jose Maria, to whom we pray and have a lot of gratitude for and reverence for in Opus Day. The feast of today began in 1726. It commemorates the apparition of Our Lady on July 16, 1251, to Saint Simon Stock, the first general of the Carmelite order. Our Lady promised special blessings and indulgences throughout the centuries for all those who wear her scapular. This devotion began in England and received the approval of the church and blessings of many popes. It reminds us that Our Lady is always a sure haven in the midst of the storms of life. When she appeared to St. Simon Stock, she promised special graces and blessings to those who would wear her scapular. In 1950, Pope Pius XII said this devotion has brought down a copious stream of spiritual and temporal graces upon the earth. And for centuries, Christians have sought refuge in this special protection of Our Lady. We're told in the way, wear on your breast the holy scapular of Mount Carmel. There are many excellent Marian devotions, but few are as, are as deep-rooted among the faithful and so richly blessed by the popes. Besides how motherly the Sabbatine privilege is. Our Lady promised the grace to repent during the final moments of life to those who live and die wearing the scapular or the scapular medal. Among other graces and indulgences, the Sabbatine privilege consists and our release from purgatory on the Saturday following our death. These words are taken from the bulla issued by John the 22nd, Pope John the 22nd. And so by her maternal charity, Mary cares for all the children of her son who still journey on earth surrounded by the dangers and the difficulties until such time as they are led into the eternal happiness of their true homeland. These were words taken from Lumen Gentium of the Second Vatican Council. And so we're encouraged to approach Our Lady, 
many times each day so that you can help and protect us. The scapular itself can remind us that we are under the watchful vigilance of our Heavenly Mother and that she is our own. Since we are her children who have cost us, who have cost her so dear. With this devotion, we express a personal dedication of ourselves and all that we have to Our Lady. Our Lady manifested herself to Saint Simon as the mother of divine grace and also as mother most lovable, who protects her children throughout life and at the moment of death. And so a great custom has been generated down through the centuries of venerating Our Lady of Mount Karma through devotion to the scapular. A spiritual writer wrote, she the mother of God and our mother offers us the following pledge in reward for our commitment to her. Throughout life, I protect. At the hour of death, I lend assistance. And after death, I save. We're accustomed to addressing Our Lady as our sweetness and our hope. Every time that we say the Hail Holy Queen, the scapular devotion is a manifestation of our confidence in the maternal help of Our Lady. She takes us by the hand and leads us along a short path every day of our life. St. Teresa of Avila said she helps us to overcome every difficulty and temptation and will never abandon us since it is her practice to favour those who long to be protected by her. And someday, the hour of our definitive encounter with God will arrive. And then in a special way, we will need her protection and her help. We could tell her in our prayer today, in this moment, that whenever the final moments of our life arrive, we will abandon ourselves into her loving arms. I helped a lady to die once, very holy woman. And as she died, she said, I never knew that dying would be so beautiful. We prepare for our death, look forward to it. Think of the eternal happiness. Our Lady and Saint Joseph will lead us to a very beautiful, peaceful and happy death. We'll abandon ourselves into her loving arms. All through our life, we have prayed in the Hail Mary to pray for us now and at the hour of our death. And so Our Lady will never forget our request. Pope St. John Paul, when he visited Santiago in Spain, 
said, may Our Lady of Mount Carmel be with you always. May she be the star that guides you and never disappears from your horizon. May she lead you now and throughout your life and at its completion, may she lead you into a safe haven. And so hand in hand with Our Lady, we will reach our son's presence. And if we need further purification, she will hasten the moment when we're completely purified so that we can enter the eternal vision of God. Saint Vincent Ferrer frequently preached that Our Lady serves the souls in purgatory because she secures them with relief. In the Middle Ages, Our Lady of Mount Carmel used to be shown surrounded by souls engulfed in the flames of purgatory in order to depict her special intercession for those undergoing the purification they need. And our love for her will help us to be purified in our present life so that she can, so that we can be with Jesus immediately after death. The scapular is also an image of the wedding garment, divine grace that must always clothe our soul. Pope John Paul, speaking at a, a church dedicated to Our Lady of Mount Carmel in Rome, recalled in an intimate way the special help and protection that he himself received from Our Lady through his devotion to Our Lady of Mount Carmel. He said, I should tell you that in my youth, when I was about your age, she helped me a great deal. I cannot say to what degree exactly, but I believe it was to a very great extent. She helped me to gain the grace proper to my age in life, the grace to understand my vocation. In book John Paul reminded the people there of the mission of Our Lady, the one prefigured long ago in the Old Testament And all this which is associated with the piece of clothing, the holy scapular. He said a mother's constant diligence and concern for the clothes of her children is beautiful to see. She wants to see them well dressed. When the children's garments are torn, the mother makes an effort to repair them. And so our Lady of Mount Carmel and the holy scapular speaks to us, speak to us about her maternal care, her concern to clothe us spiritually with the grace of God and to help us always to keep our garments white. After exhorting the young people to keep their souls clean, the Holy Father said, be vigilant. To correspond to your good mother 
was concerned about how you go about dressed, especially with respect to the garment of grace that her sons and daughters should always wear. And so this is the wedding garment that we will one day present for our final espousal to enter everlasting life. And the scapular of Mount Carmel can help us to love our heaven and mother more. It's a special reminder for us that we are dedicated to her and in that whatever moment of trouble, in the midst of temptation, we can count on our help. And so the opening prayer of today's feast day says, Remember, O Blessed Virgin, Mother of God, to speak well on our behalf before the Lord. And we could think to add, but especially on the days when we have not been as faithful as God expects his children to be. Another lady that we're led to think about today, as we mentioned at the beginning of this meditation, was particularly faithful, was the sister of St. Maria, called Carmen. She was born in Barbastro on the 16th of July, 1899. Today we celebrate her birthday and her feast day. She was two and a half years older than St. Maria. She experienced the death of three sisters like he did. But she spent her life being a great support for her brother in everything that he was trying to do at very difficult moments in the history of Opus Day, And she did so at great personal cost. She was a great woman who did not have a vocation to Opus Day, but spent every ounce of her blood in bringing Opus Day forward. Even though she had no vocation, she showed great generosity, great commitment loyalty, fortitude, cheerfulness, hard work, selfless dedication, and without complaints. In very difficult circumstances, she brought the catering department of the early residence of Opus Day in, in Madrid forward, when there were very few machines, and there was very little experience with the, the mother of St. Maria, whom we call the grandmother, she placed everything that the family of the Escrivers de Balaguer had at the disposition of the development of the supernatural family that her son was starting. And God wanted the whole of the family spirit of Opus Dei, the family atmosphere of our centers, to be shaped on the family atmosphere and family life of the family of the Escribas de Balaguer. And so we have a great debt of gratitude to her for our family spirit, which is not just something added on to the spirit of Opus Dei, 
It's a very specific, intimate part of our spirit. God wanted us to be a family. Opus Dei is not a religious order. Our centers are family homes where true affection reigns, where a great unity reigns. People living in the centers and also the centers, the, the, the family homes of the supernumeraries or the associates of Opus Dei have to reflect this family spirit. Each corner of any one of those homes is a corner of the house of Nazareth. And Aunt Carmen helped to bring that spirit about. She brought the feminine touch. And so when we think of her, we think of how she gave herself. She was always thinking of the others first. She forgot herself. St. Maria liked to say that in Bethlehem, nobody held anything back. And we belong to that family, the Holy Family. And so we try to take care of details. We take care of little things. We try and cultivate the atmosphere of a home. We try and make sure a human heart is there in all the little aspects of our homes. And Aunt Carmen helped to bring all this about. She sewed tablecloths. She looked after laundry, she mopped floors, she took care of the sick. She had a great affection for the early members of Opus Day, many of whom went to start the work in many faraway countries. And that also cost her because she got to know them, she got to love them, and then they were gone. But she took all of this in her stride with silence. She carried on with the job. With the grandmother, she rolled up her sleeves and solved the problems, made things happen. She trained the first people who worked in the catering departments, set the standards, taught them how to do things. In all of this, she passed unnoticed, didn't make too much noise. Even though she was not a member of Opus Day, she, well, she was like a, in many ways a model for all the people who were to come after. When St. Josemaria was starting a conference centre in Italy, a place called Saldo di Fondi, south of Rome, he asked her to leave Madrid to come and take care of the catering there. She was to leave her country, her city, her friends, when she wasn't so young, and go to a different country with a different language, different customs, live in a faraway place and make everything happen. And often in those places where she worked many miracles. And so she had a heroic availability. And partly because of her, Opus Dei is what it is all over the world. And that's why on days like today, where we have a great spirit of gratitude for her. Blessed Alvaro liked to say that devotion to Anne Carmen and the grandmother is an intimate part of the spirit of Opus Dei. And so it's very 
with spirit that today we ask her for things, we entrust things to her. Members of our own blood family, or details of our home, or the building up of our domestic church, or our own personal commitment and dedication to the great ideals by which she lived, great Christian virtues. She was full of hard work. She used her time well. When she went shopping, she shopped for bargains. She went to the sales, taught the early people of the work how to shop very carefully, get good values, spend little and get great value, full of common sense, feet on the ground. At the same time, she knew how to put that little touch of class and elegance into the decor of the centres so that they would truly be in and also look like family homes. Having things that any normal family would try and have, but then also taking care of them and making them last. And so all over the world, the fruit of our work is to be seen. She gives us great example in practicing those virtues because in the way she functioned and the things she achieved and the ordinary things of every day, well, that's what each one of us are called to try and achieve. She lived a great personal sobriety, didn't spend money on ourselves, but was very generous with others. She took care of her appearance. She was elegant, attractive, had a lot of human tone Earlier in her life, she had many suitors. Many people who were seeking after her. But one day she told her brother, I'm going to cut off this relationship because if it continues, it will become serious. And I don't want to leave you alone. And so that was the extent to which she lived so that the prelature could live. Anything her brother asked her for, she gave. And so it's logical that we would feel a great debt of gratitude for all that she has done. We can trust family matters to her. We could try and imitate her availability, her priestly soul and her sacrifice. Nothing was too much. At the same time, she was discreet. She was in the background. St. Josemarie used to say that the catering departments shouldn't be seen or heard. And so they performed this great service in all of our centers, silently, quietly, effectively. Giving a great example to the world, it's like a great catechesis. Non Carmen taught everybody how to do this. She also gave an example of how to die in Opus Day. silently. She had no fear of death. And we know that she continues to look after this, her family from heaven, constantly looking after us. She's buried in the crypt of our Lady of Peace in Rome, beside her brother, she predeceased him. She died in the 1950s. 
On this day, every year, the predator of Opus Dei goes to her tomb to pray a response there. To to keep alive that spirit of gratitude and throughout time to thank her for what she's done and to remind everybody that has to come in the future of her great contribution. St. Jose Maria wrote in 1965 that this work of domestic service is a work not of little importance. In my opinion, it's not only as important as any other from the point of view of the person who carries it out, but on many occasions, it's much more important than all the other types of work. There are deep reasons, said Blessed Alvaro, for this way that St. Jose Maria had of affirming the transcendence of, these, of this type of work. Because he said, in a particular way, a spirit of service is shown there, which constitutes and must build up also the nucleus of all professional service. For a Christian who wants to serve God and other people with a professional task, seeing in each person another Christ, The work of the home, he said, by its very nature, is particularly soaked in this distinctive desire of the followers of Christ that came to serve. We could think, he says, of the attentiveness of Our Lady, the most exalted creature that has ever been in the whole of human history. And she spent her life day after day in those domestic tasks. St. Jose Maria liked to emphasize on many occasions how Our Lady was humanly descended from the house of David. And because she was the mother of God, was the queen of heaven and earth. And she dedicated herself to those domestic tasks the same tasks that each one of us do in a regular way. And so we could try to have that spirit of service, that care of things of the home, that eye for attentiveness, for things that might need to be improved, that might be broken, uh, or a tabletop that might need a bit of dusting or some little, little repair that might need to be looked at are all sorts of other little things that go to make up a home so that we foster that example we help the life and example of Anne Carmen to sound down through the centuries she set the bar very high John Paul II said that domestic work constitutes a daily struggle that requires patience, dominion of self, peace and serenity, creativity, a spirit of adaptation, fortitude in the face of the unforeseen things that happen. In this way, he says, it shows itself as a school of virtues for those who dedicate themselves to this task, 
and it offers them an environment in which they can carry out in an admirable way the Christian spirit of service of which society is so much in need. So we could ask Aunt Carmen that she might teach us to take care of our home where we live, that we could truly make it a corner of the house of Nazareth with our charity, with our attentiveness to others, our forgetfulness of self, our commitment, and also our seeing the value of the family so that more and more we build up the family and everything related to the family in society the sacredness of the home. Mindful of the fact that it was in the home of Nazareth that Christ wanted to, to grow in the company of Joseph and Mary for 30 long years, emphasizing to us the value of the home so that we could put love into our home and care and attention so that the best moments of our life would always be at home and with our family building up this treasure that God has placed in our hands and seeing that that will be one of the first things that God will ask us to account for. How we have been living that spirit of service in our home and trying to live as a great human person so that our children grow up knowing what a great human person is, a person of virtue, and so that our children grow up imbibing the beauty of the home, so that they may want to transmit those family values to future generations. And so we could ask Aunt Carmen, together with Our Lady of Mount Carmel, that we might treasure these beautiful ideas in our heart and strive to put them into practice in a better way every day. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. <laughs>